My name is Matt Brown. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. And let's start the show. What's the secret, Max? The secret? Yeah, well, you seem to have it pretty figured out. Secret, I don't know. I think you just gotta find something you love to do and then do it for the rest of your life. For me, it's going to Rushmore. morning it is a beautiful day it is a beautiful afternoon evening and night because this is the productive conversations podcast and i hope you are enjoying yourself whenever and wherever you're listening to this show i am your host matt brown what's going on i hope everybody's dandy feeling good it is thursday no december 3rd 2020 again we are inching closer to the end of the year and inching closer to a new beginning and with that i hope everybody is on the right foot for their beginning of their december days the christmas decorations are up the rockefeller christmas trees looking better than ever and is about to be lit everybody is in the christmas spirit i hope everybody is enjoying the holiday season and i should say and are in the holiday spirit because we have a lot of good days in store and we're not going to let the pandemic bring us down for it of course we're going to be safe we're going to be socially distanced because that's the right thing to do but that is not taking away our holiday spirit and we're feeling good about it so on this show today i have an incredible woman an incredible person and a person who has a lot of great things to say and really, really brightens people up. And she's a hardworking person and she does a lot of great things. And I'm really, really psyched to have her on the show today. I really, really am. This is the Erica Larson edition of the Productive Conversations podcast, aka the 22nd episode of this podcast. We talked a lot of very interesting stuff from her knowing a contestant on The Bachelor before Bachelorette before he makes it big. We talked HR advice, a lot of cool dating advice, probably very insightful one that all men need especially here. And we talked a lot of other great things and she she was a delight to speak to and I know she will be a light to learn about and listen to on this show. So having said all of that, it's your turn Erica. Let's go. This is Erica Larson. I can't believe it. I got the world famous, one of the biggest savages and one of the most genuine people I know. Someone, one of my great friends from college, seriously, one of the best advice givers. And when she agreed to come on, I was genuinely excited. And I'm so excited I got a hold of her. So everyone, without further ado, I have the incredible Erica Larson here on the Productive Conversations podcast. Erica, what's going on? Not much. I'm at work right now. I just put the baby down for a nap. 
killing it as a nanny right now. <laughs> Not much else going on. Well, perfect. I mean, I've, it's such an honor you would accommodate for us. And I know all of us and everyone listening is really psyched and excited for this. So thanks again. So first things first, Erica, tell me. I know it, I've I heard 2020 has been quite a year for some people. Well, as we're recording this, we're only six six weeks away until it's over. But, you know, how has things been lately for you? It's it's been interesting. Um, I graduated in last December, got my master's, Congratulations. and then all of a sudden we had a pandemic. So, how do you get a job in a pandemic? I mean, kind of crazy. So, went straight back to nannying, and mm-hmm. you know, here we are. It's not it's not bad, mm-hmm. but it's definitely a change. It's been a little lonely, you know. Yeah. Not much to do. <laughs> I, I, you know where I come from. I'm in the exact same boat. Um, just was preparing to get promoted a new, uh, take a step up in the with uh, all my production stuff. Got enough experiencing experiencing credits to go beyond the PA route. And as a, as I was interviewing, I interviewed that very week uh, for two jobs that would get me in that role. And then all of a sudden, the pandemic hits. So it's been quite the time I've been trying to, I just really just been trying to stay at shade, beat healthy and trying to apply jobs still. And I thought, I think this is certainly what we're on here, the podcast, the one of the best silver linings besides the extra time with family and such. So yeah, it's been um, quite a road. What do you, you know, as we're recording this, this very day, we saw last week of Pfizer, Big Pharma Pfizer's announcing a, uh, they have a vaccine in the works. And today we have Moderna, I believe that's how you pronounce them. And they're saying mm-hmm. they have they they have a vaccine themselves. So, I mean, having said that, and it seems that, you know, we don't have to go no conspiracies. We don't have to go into deep stuff like that. But the point I'm bringing up is it seems that we don't, maybe on the road to recovery and start um, new things. And my question is, once this pandemic is over, what do you have planned for yourself um, besides, uh, you know, staying as the world's best nanny, of course? Um, That's a good question. I don't really know, honestly. Um, When I graduated with my master's, I was looking for jobs in HR and Mm kind of just going that road and, and using the degrees that I have. But um, I love nannying. I love what I do. So, you know, I've gone through a lot of self-reflection during the time in quarantine. Right. Um, and I kind of, I think I'm thinking, I'm thinking about maybe starting a home daycare, which no is way. kind of right up my alley. You know, I have, I have, I got that management background. I got that, all that stuff going, but then working with kids, something I love. I'm a giant child, <laughs> as you probably know. <laughs> yeah, right. So, <laughs> I, yeah. I'm thinking about it. Maybe, maybe in the spring, maybe in the summer. Definitely thinking about it, though. It's something high up on my list. How about that? You know, I have you have my support this whole way through, and you know, in my time, when it's my time, when it's my time to have kids, I certainly, I would say, I could trust you with them. But and I'm sure a lot of other people do. But that's really, really sweet to hear. You ever see that movie, Daddy Daycare? You ever yes. see that? Oh yeah. You could do you could do the next step up, but it's 
you know, not a movie. And uh, you could uh, really change some lives out here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the hope, you know, help people out and raise good kids. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Now, um, you mentioned uh, one thing, if you don't mind, you mentioned because you've given me great HR advice throughout this time, you know, having that background. And as you mentioned, and, you know, I always annoy you with HR help. Obviously, it's been a while since that because it's hard to find any opportunities. But um, how do you how um, how do you think? I mean, I understand you've also been out of it, but with HR in general and for people trying to get a step in the right direction once things um, resume, what do you think are some ways for HR managers to help notice some viable candidates? So for, for people to get like their resumes noticed and stuff? Yeah, yeah. What is, the, what is the things they can do, those little tips and tricks, and maybe even want to reveal, reveal some secrets if you want? So right now, going through quarantine and going through um, all of this pandemic, like everything's been changing so much. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that our workforce is, is not, it's probably not going to go back to conventional, like sit in the office, come in for eight hours a day, you know, yeah. that kind of situation. So there's going to be a lot more work from home. There's going to be a lot of flexibility coming out of this. Um, so some of the things that you guys can do definitely to help your resume put down what you're proficient in. Like if you're great on Zoom, put that on your resume because companies are going to look for that. They're going to show that you're competent in the computer skills, competent in the communication skills that are needed for a work from home or a remote position. Um, Those are good things to put down. And then anything that you did during quarantine that's unique to you, but a little bit outside of maybe your specialty. So if you, you know, learned how to create social media campaigns or if you learned how to do a website or you learned how to knit or whatever put those new skills onto your resume that make you stand out a little bit more from those you know regular joes all those regular people who maybe didn't use the time to, to build on themselves all right see this is why i love you erica always a great answer that genuinely can help and i hope that uh you can suggest you like what i'm doing as i'm trying to grow in my time in between jobs with this and other things so it's really exciting times oh yeah Shouts well this is that. gonna be this is gonna be a good oh yes thank you Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be a great resume builder for you being in communication and being someone that wants to do production, um, producing your own show and having, going out and getting guests. Like those are all individual skills that you can put on your resume. So, you know, if you're a great person for recruiting new talent, now that's a skill that you have because you're reaching mm-hmm. out to people and you're getting them on your show. You're producing your own podcast. So you're, you're showing initiative in that. And like, those are all things that are going to help you grow in the communication world. Oh, that's like you said, and that's one of the hugest, biggest reasons why this whole thing became um, really evolved. And it was, um, I don't know if I actually said this yet, so either first. So, learn the big reasons. I always knew this was going to happen at some point in my life. But then, of course, in the, you know, wasn't doing much, especially in the summer. And then, uh, the sizes of pine of jobs and writing and all that stuff. And then my dad just, just got, I just got tired of my dad yelling at me saying I'm not doing anything, even though I thought I was, but I guess, uh, I guess it was a blessing disguise and getting these new skills. Yeah. Like you said, recruiting talent to come on, uh, using the zoom, adding new equipment, both 
audio and visual now. So, uh, yeah, I plan on, this is my big week to start writing in, already put that in, in the resume and not that gap anymore. So, and all this great advice you're giving me, I'm just, I'm just really excited. So thank you as always, Eric. You're welcome. Let me give one more piece of advice on the whole resume thing. When you're looking at jobs, make sure you're looking at each individual job and writing your resume tailored to that job. Mm Because if you just put out a mass resume, it's going to go through the system and the system's going to filter you out. But if you're specifically tailoring it to what job you're looking at and the job that you want and making sure you put all the keywords in there and all of that you know, everything they're looking for. If they're looking for specific skills, put those specific skills and use the same words that they use in their job description into your resume. So that when Mm -hmm. it goes through the automatic system, it pulls those words and it says, oh, this candidate has everything we're looking for. All right, sweet. Let's do our best to avoid those automated emails. And uh, you know, I'm definitely taking this. So thank you again. Now, let's get into into some light things, you know. you and I love our reality TVs, right? Um, we do. First thing, my first suggestion, would, it, would you ever consider being a nanny on a show? What was that show way back with the British nanny? I don't, um, and she Super like- Super nanny? Yeah. Oh, super nanny. And she took, she literally took these her. devil, she took these devil kids and uh, <laughs> turned them around for the better. Sometimes we see them pop up again on TikToks and YouTube compilations. Firstly, three, could you see yourself being one of those nannies having your own show? I don't know if <laughs> with I could your do daycare. I don't know if I could, I don't know if I could deal with the caliber of children that she deals with, but I definitely took a lot away from watching that show. Really? Um, I have two children that I nanny for now. One is in kindergarten and the other one is two and a half. So he's the one that's napping right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that's in kindergarten goes through, you know, all, all the mood swings of, of a female throughout yeah. the week. So we get, mm-hmm. we get the temper tantrum, the overtired, like all of those things. So I've definitely taken some of the timeout skills, some of the, uh, getting down to their level and talking to them eye to eye and really going through figuring out what's wrong and, mm-hmm. and doing all that. So I took a, a lot away from that show. I don't no know way. if I could personally be super nanny because the, the kids that she deals <laughs> with, they're like way off the charts. Man, I mean, yeah. And then you have the whole camera aspect and a crew following you around, and <laughs> you know, speaking. And you have to it. wonder, like, how much, of that, how much of that was like scripted? Like, how, how were the kids really that bad, or were they just acting that bad so that she could make it look like she made it so much better? You know, it was reality TV for sure. It, and you know, dipping my toe in that world, we do see some things are a little more over-exaggerated. I think some shows are yeah. more scripted than others, but they just really emphasize things. Um, and some shows are really hard to fake it out when it comes to that stuff. I think like, you know, like Survivor, I think Survivor, believe it or not, is as authentic as they can get. Of course, you know, all else fails. There's always somebody yeah. monitoring them when they live in the woods and, and tropical islands and stuff. But there really are people really... Uh, like really uh, getting stressed out if you were <laughs> had nothing but the clothes on your back. And like, I don't know, you ever see Big Brother? Okay. I don't watch Big Brother now. I've seen it like a few times. I don't, I never really got into it. I don't know why. 
Yeah, I'm on my quest because us Big Brother fans are such a niche group of people. And when you find someone, they're usually really into it. But the thing is, they're always monitored 24-7. Like, that's the name of the game. Put a bunch of people in the house. Uh, they stranded. Of course, sometimes they had to cut things, like if there's emergencies and stuff. But that's as, also as authentic as you can get. And you just show it's just really boring. You can only do so much. They're not allowed to have music. They're not allowed to even write stuff. And yeah, yeah us humans can be boring. But tell me, tell me more. So with uh, reality, what you checking out right now? Are you watching the new Bachelorette season? Yes. Okay. So I know so we talked about that before. But I'm, only, I'm only watching it. I've never watched The Bachelor. I've never watched The Bachelorette. I've never watched Bachelor in Paradise. But mm-hmm. this season. Yeah. There's Jordan C. So Jordan C on The Bachelorette. Mm-hmm. He went to my high school. So he's two oh, years no old. Oh, no way, really? I think he's two years old. He went to my high school. So I was like, <laughs> I have to watch. Like, I had to see what he does. Like, if he's the same as he was in high school. Because we weren't friend, like, <laughs> friends or anything. We weren't close. But, like, I saw him in the halls all the time. So it's, like, it's kind of cool. It's, like, your wow. personal celebrity. Oh, my God. And he's, like, were you when you saw this, it's, like, that guy's going to be on reality TV one day. Did he have a special sparkle to him? He, yes and no. I don't know. He was like that. He he's like the the all American like football star. Yeah, basketball. Like he did he did all the things, and you know he was pretty popular. Everyone loved him. He's a super nice guy. Uh, but like I said, we were never like close, so I didn't. I no, no one ever saw him like being on The Bachelorette. Like if anything, <laughs> like maybe the challenge. Yeah. Maybe like an MTV <laughs> show, but like not The Bachelorette. But you know. Oh man, yeah, I mean, yeah. he's taking the ultimate shooting his shot moment, <laughs> so everybody oh, yeah. can see now. But no, it's brought it up. We see the uh, for anyone, every there's this has been quite the season for the Bachelorette too, and with Claire, and she has her. She already picked her winner. Well, soon it seems as soon as he went, and we know that there's going to be a major change coming up in. They're just recasting it, everything. We think of all that that's been going down and such. Um, I'm very happy that they recasted it because mm-hmm. I hated Claire. Yep. I think Claire is the most annoying human I've I've ever encountered, ever. And I don't like I don't even know her, but like seeing her on TV, like I cringed at every episode. Everything <laughs> she says sounds fake. She just seems like a terrible person that I would never want to interact with. I mean, I, not like that she's a bad person, but like, I just not the kind of person that I would hang out with ever. Right. And she's, first of all, she's not giving Jordan his fair chance. So another reason to be mad too. She didn't give anyone a chance. <laughs> she like saw Dale come out of the limo and was like, I'm going to marry him. Yeah. Like, like, you're right. She just seems so, I mean, I know she had a tough past and I commend her for that and, you know, overcoming her obstacles, but like, she just seems so intimidating. I feel like, you know, I won't lie. I mean, I don't think, okay, how do I say this nicely? So she's a pretty woman, definitely. Of course, like if I had a shot or like, you know, fingers crossed to see what happened. But like when I see a lot of bachelorettes and bachelorettes especially and and like when they're competing on the bachelor, like these women are stunning, like one in a million, like pick, pick them from a special group. And she's just like, Compared to, you know, the competition she has, she's just like, okay, like, you know, like I'm, when I see The Bachelor, I expect to see like a 15 and 
whatever. And then she has a heart of gold and comes yeah. from a good family. And she's just like, she is just meh, I guess, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Then, well, I think she's very, I think she's like, like outwardly very pretty, but I think her personality just sucks. Oh, so yeah. I think that brings it down a lot. Right. And then also the fact that she was like, it's just weird because a lot of the guys were like 26, 27, mm-hmm. and she's 39. <laughs> I'm like, 13 years older than the guys you're trying to date. That's weird. Like, yeah. go on Christian Mingle or, like, I don't know, Match.com. Match. Go com. on eHarmony. Like, go find old people. I don't know what you want, but, like, go away. Is I like it, Taysha way more. She's crazy. Yeah, Taysha seems like such a – I mean, she's stunning. She seems like a real homegirl. Like, she's so approachable. I think she'd be very honest even if, um, like, if she's not feeling whoever and stuff like that, you don't feel like – I think she seems very genuine, and it's awesome that the show found her for that. But you're right, too. I think Claire just – Claire just seems stuck up and uh, gives more headaches and, you know, whatever. You, her and Dale, male candy, and, and Joy running away together and uh, – Whatever. That lasting. No, no, I don't think you don't feel that great vibe. Um, you know, one yeah. thing we, we talked about with the former Bachelor winner, right? Right before all COVID hit. And I remember the I can't think of the guy's name at the moment. Um who won and the mom the mom was like, No, no, no. And then every do you do you remember the guy's name? No, you don't remember? Oh. Well, uh I just remember Oh, Doug. I've you didn't see that, but you know what? For uh, I just want everybody to hear everyone. I want my audience to hear how much I keep up with everything. So there we'll do it for that. But yeah, good luck to Jordan. I hope he pulls it off. I I didn't have a, a winner. I didn't I care. But you know what? After you told me this, I I uh, he's got my support. Good, good. <laughs> but what I don't other- know, I don't know how well he's doing right now. He kind of like I don't know. We'll yeah. see. All right. Well, definitely fingers crossed for her, man. I'm I'm sure some other show will pick him up for something, right? Yeah, hopefully. I still want him to be on the challenge. I think that would be great. Oh, yeah. I mean, is, have you been watching some of the recent seasons? There's a lot of Big Brother contestants who have been on the challenge, like Natalie and Josh. I haven't and watched. Paulie. I haven't watched the recent seasons. Uh, I I love Polly. He was on a uh, really? <laughs> different show. I love Polly. Um, I forgot what show he was on, but he was on a different show too. Um, I watched. I think I watched last season when Corey was on. Yeah, love that. Love that. I love Corey. He, he was so. another Big Brother guy too. See, more of a reason to get into the show now. You have to give it a chance in the summer. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> It's just so long. Like I see it on the guide and it's like this like huge stretch. It's like two <laughs> hours. I'm like, I don't have that kind of time. But you just once I definitely hear you, but just some I don't know, there's just something about it. I maybe it's like the fights, maybe it's the maybe it's the shade in us. I just want to see people go at each other. <laughs> and they just come up with creative insults and I don't know. It's just like that special niche, and uh, whenever I can, I, I have to start a group, a fan club, just a, a big I message group chat, so we can all geek out on it because it's hard to find them out here. <laughs> it is. I have a few friends that watch it, and they're like obsessed with it, and I'm like, I don't understand why you're obsessed with this, but sure. Yeah. Well, please to highly suggest them to see this show, so we can all, I can, they could be the first in the club. So. <laughs> okay. 
I will. <laughs> you checking, you watching or binging anything else recently new? Getting into anything fun? Um, I w- okay, so beginning of quarantine, I was binging Outlander. Such a good show. Oh, I've heard Everyone of Everyone should watch it. Oh, I watched it twice. <laughs> amazing. Like, such a good show. Um, and then the, my friend who recommended Outlander recommended that I watch Lucifer. So now I'm on season three of Lucifer. Mm. Another. Such a good show. Great so Idris good. Elba. So. I hope he becomes James Bond. That's what they're, they're saying. That he might be. So I've heard that, and then I've heard Harry Styles, too, as James Bond. And I was like, I would Harry not Harry Styles as James Bond? Nah, I mean, Harry Styles is yeah. awesome. I think he's great talented, but you do, you do have to have, like, a much suave. I think you have to be, like, like mid-30s and up to be James Bond. You just have to have that, that swagger and cool. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And Harry Styles just yeah. has a big... Unpopular opinion. You know who I think would be a great James Bond? Who? Sterling, Sterling K. Brown. Sterling I K. Brown? I think he'd Brown? be a great James Bond. I can like see he that. He would be great. He could transform. He does know how to transform. He is the homie. I wish I could say we were related, but um, he, that's the only thing. He's just not British. You have to be British to be on. That's tough. But or he could like make an accent. <laughs> well, we are seeing a much pro- more progressive world and a lot of things are changing. So, you know, what? why not? Either that or like maybe like one of the Hemsworth brothers. The Hemsworth? I'd like that. Like an Australian accent would be like a nice twist. Yeah. I think I think the rule yeah. it, it, they do have to be there's been an Irish bond, the rest are British. You know, yeah, why not a an Australian one? How about what if they did what if you got an insane I don't know if you get that rip again, but like more cut. What if you had Hugh Jackman but James Bond? <laughs> Mm. Nah, you're I don't not like, like I don't know I never really liked Hugh Jackman Hugh Jackman like, he was okay he was okay I once caused a paparazzi I can see, about, I can see um no go ahead go ahead talk about your paparazzi I want to hear this so I I've said this a couple of times I've said this to people before on the podcast I briefly mentioned it but I could go deep so one time I was in New York I was across the street of Radio City waiting for a show now, across from Radio City is 30 Rock, where they filmed The Tonight Show, SNL, all that. So a lot of famous people in and out. And so standing in line at Radio City, I see this, this, this was like seven years ago. So I see this brolic, um, this massive man, monster among men, like 6'5", everything, everything. But I saw right away it was Hugh Jackman, and nobody, nobody noticed at all. He was just chilling, waiting for his car. He's in this big brown suit, and he wasn't Hugh Jackman body. Just goals right there, I guess. But anyways, I, I wait. Like, it's a good two minutes. Nobody's noticing. And then... I was just just try. I was just talking to my friends while still on the corner of my eye, seeing oh, there's Hugh Jackman there, and then I just say to my friends, "Hey guys, look, it's Hugh Jackman," and I swear to you, the stampede from like the Lion King ran up across the street to attack him, like getting pictures, everyone around, and like he almost got away with it. And his car still took like a good two minutes. He was pretty gracious at getting as much pictures and saying hi to and whatever. And then he went by, and it's one of my dreams to tell him that story to his face. <laughs> I could see it. Like, I, I could see, like, something happens, like, your podcast goes viral 
or something. <laughs> something wild happens. And you end up on, like, Jimmy Fallon telling the story. And then you get, like, Hugh Jackman, like, walks out. Like, see it happening. Oh, my God. That – oh, I'm trying to have that moment. Let's get that within 10 years. And, you know, my other thing with Jimmy Fallon, I interviewed for his show – uh, for his intern, I interviewed me an intern, I I made it, and I made it to the very end just to come up short. And my dream is on that show. The first thing I say, "Hey Jimmy, I just want to say, like, however years ago, I interviewed for your show, and your team said no to me, and now I'm sitting on your couch." That'd be high quality. I can't wait to see that. It's oh, gonna happen. I believe it too. I can't wait to see it. I just can't wait to make that full circle. And uh they're lost. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely they're lost. <laughs> you ever see any famous people, Erica? You ever run into, be around or anything like that? I don't think so. Besides Jordan. I, don't, I really course. don't think so. Pre-fame Jordan yeah, from I'm The Bachelor. To- I'm trying to think, like, have I ever met anyone famous? But I really don't think I have. Well, that's going to change this decade. I'll call it this decade. You'll interact. Is there anyone you well, would I know, like? I know you. So, like, we're halfway there. <laughs> literally. literally. Then, <laughs> um, I really don't know. Like, I don't know if I would want to meet, like, anyone. I don't know. Yeah, like I'm trying like, to think, like who, who I think would be really cool. That's my thing. Like half, half there. Like I would like to meet, but I wouldn't want to have my soul crushed. Like if somebody of a celebrity yeah. is rude to me or pushed around. Like, like I was talking to um when I talked to my friend Jordan on the show, and he saw Lindsay Lohan, and he dis- she disrespected him, and like he's cool Ooh. about it, but I wouldn't have. I just would have been like, never again. But that's just me yeah. with my grudges. I, I mean, <laughs> I think the only person, well, maybe two people that I would like want to meet. Um, Emma, what's her last name? I could, Hermione. I really want to meet Hermione. Emma people Watson. People tell me I look like her all the time. Yes, Emma Watson. People tell me I look like Hermione all the time. So I'm like, we. I need to meet her and just like get a picture <laughs> for comparison. I can see it. I can see that'd be and a, then, a funny, a funny interaction. Right? <laughs> I think so. I think definitely her. And then the only other one I would want to meet is Sam Huygen, who's like the star of Outlander, just because I think he's like really hot, <laughs> and I just want to meet him. But <laughs> that's really it. Definitely fair reasons. Yeah, I, if you could just have like that Hermione special hair that she has, like the poofed out, I think, and get those like little glasses, like. <laughs> Oh, it's not that big today. Wait, but. when you when you had it like this, kind of with the hair, with the hair in the like that. Yeah. Oh, we're having our Kodak moment right here. So hopefully we can start some campaign to just just have the picture. You don't even have to say hello. Just or I mean, you could say hi, thank you for for what you've done. I guess, <laughs> and then I think I actually have somewhere. a picture. I think I I was Hermione in like third grade for Halloween. Yeah. And I think I have a picture. Like, I literally look just like her. It's wild. <laughs> Man, you know, I need to get some cool celebrity lookalikes. I've got, I've gotten, I've gotten some real dumb ones. I think they're more trolling, but like sometimes when I have my beard trimmed, 
and I have my hair a certain way, I can pull off the weekend. One time I was at a nightclub in New York City and, and this girl came up to me and said it. And I won't lie, I took advantage. She was incredibly beautiful. And then uh, I guess she kind of she kind of was able to tell when I wasn't able to sing or nothing. But that was one time. But uh, and then, uh, like, when, when I was much bigger, somebody said I looked like George Lopez. But I said we have different skin tones, so I don't know why you'd say that. Okay. I don't. See, I can see the weekend. I don't. Uh, I don't see the George Lopez. Yeah, I think they just yeah. weren't being dicks, no. to be honest. <laughs> but yeah. People suck. Amen to that. Amen. <laughs> so, one of the things mentioned here, right? Um, you know, this you've been hanging out with kids a lot, of course, doing your job. Does this make you like? And you mentioned yourself that you're a big child, your words, of course. So uh, <laughs> do you, um, what do you really miss about childhood? What it was like, remember those days? Like, I mean, I, so we're the same age. So we're getting into our early 2000s, mid 2000s days. What are like some of the things you really miss about the good old days? You know, pre, really pre definitely. I definitely miss like coming home from school and like, just like jamming out my homework really quick mm-hmm. for like the whole week. When, this is like second grade back when they gave you like homework on Monday for the whole week. Oh, and I would do the whole week on Monday. So I have to, yeah. So I didn't have to do it like throughout the week, <laughs> just jam it all out on Monday and then just like come home, crash on the couch and watch Rugrats for like two hours. Oh, classic. Great. Funny you mentioned Rugrats. Amazing. I watched like this deep, really nerdy video essay about Rugrats. It was from this channel called Wisecrack. It was called Rugrats. How it was basically saying like how boomers like rule a generation. And like, I went back and if you watch those episodes now, some of those, some of the audio, the adults in it, they say some really like deep and profound things. I don't know if sometimes you've seen memes about it. Like, I don't know. Um, there's one where the dad stew was making pudding at like four in the morning and the mom came like what are you doing it's like i'm trying to get my life back together they say this on a show for seven-year-olds see but that's the thing like most of not like the recent ones but like the older nickelodeon shows they were made with like adult humor but like Mm -hmm. we didn't understand it when we were little so like we just thought like the like show was good but then like the adults that were watching it with us could also kind of at least enjoy it. Oh yeah. And it also makes it timeless. I still go back and watch them. And like, now I watch them and I have a whole new like view of it because I get the adult humor now. Yeah. So it's like, it's, I don't know. I love those shows. Those Especially, shows are great. That and SpongeBob, like SpongeBob has so many dirty jokes in it. So many. It's insane. It's I mean, like, you know, it's called Bikini Bottom. That's the name of the whole town. There's the uh, Krabby Patties. I just... It, you ever see the one where it's implied that Spongebob's watching porn and it's like, uh, I forgot those things. I knew what it used to be called. Um, it was just, it was like, a, it's called, it's called a sea plan. And I know you're very into animals and environment. So I apologize if I miss it up, but it's like a sea plan just moving back and forth. And he's like, Gary's rocking. And it's like, Gary. And he's just implying that he's watching some dirty stuff. I don't know. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, I could definitely. I don't know. I, I don't remember that one, but mm-hmm. yeah, definitely a lot of like adult humor in those shows. But those shows were great. Oh yeah, like, like genuinely quality. That- like a lot of them are on Hulu. You can check out. Um, remember, Netflix promised us they were going to get all those show '90s shows on their platform when Disney Plus was announced. 
uh, launched, but I guess they were just playing us. So shouts to Hulu. Yeah. You know what's also a great show? Oh, wow. Hey Arnold. Hey Arnold was real as fuck. Hey Arnold was a great show. Loved Hey Arnold. What was that girl's name? Helga. The annoying one. The pink dress. Yeah, I love her. She's my favorite. <laughs> I think like she... her, between like Helga and Cynthia from Rugrats, like <laughs> the doll. The doll. And also like, what was her name? Angelica. Like those yep. three are my spirit animals. I love them. Love them. The squads. And I like pe- I like how we can enjoy the shows or the shows. I hate when people try to make these disturbing fan theories, probably wrote it in their basement in Montana in their parents' house in Montana and they just try to depress us. But no, you got to enjoy the show for the show, you know? Yeah. I mean, sometimes the fan theories are like fun to read and then go watch the show and be like, Oh yeah, like maybe, maybe, but probably not. Yeah. Let me, let me try. I could go with cool fan theories. Like, Oh, this is simple. Yeah. That, but not the ones that are like, oh, Angelica really is just imagining the kids because they're dead. I was like, no, but you don't need to think that. Who think literally? Who thinks that like that? But I don't know. It's their world, and we're just living in it. <laughs> yeah, there was like a there was a fan theory that um, Patchy the pirate for SpongeBob was like. <laughs> actually insane and oh. that all of the characters in spongebob were like his schizophrenic delusions and i was like well he is kind of insane but also like no, no. yeah it's like like who comes up with that and thinks like i don't know use that money to like use that energy to like think of new ways to feed the homeless or the fix the environment something or the pandemic you don't need to yeah make us depressed do something do something. Get off the conspiracy. Exactly. Oh, man. Except the phones. I like the fun ones, but not the, uh, just the gross ones. Oh. No. No, and there's so many, like, and then there's, like, so many, like, real world, like, depressing ones that you're just like, all right, like, that's enough. Yeah, like, don't go on the Reddit conspiracy page and just rethink your life and everything like that. <laughs> no, there's just, like, there's so many, like, really depressing, like, 9-11 was an inside job or like Newtown didn't happen. Like Sandy Hook wasn't real. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure it was real. Like 20 kids are dead. Yeah. I it's think, real. I think the ones, especially that involve someone losing a family member or someone's losing a life, you're just inappropriate. Like, yeah, I mean, we were, we're in Connecticut, Sandy Hook. I remember that day really well. Um, the 9-11 ones are really tough because my dad's a 9-11 survi- survivor and I don't want to think about that stuff and like what people yeah. people make out of it. So it's just disrespectful, especially like as someone who, I mean, luckily that he made it. I mean, there's just so many others didn't and some people's lives are dramatically changed for the worse. So I just hate when yeah. conspiracies like put that out there because it's just disrespectful to the families, most of all, who became a victim to for it. Yeah, 100%. I was like, it, they're interesting to like, to like ponder for a second. And then you're like, there's no way this is true. Like, this is like rude. Stop posting stuff like this. Again, do this, use this energy to like make an invention or something. To do something better. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like so many people like put so much negative energy into like trying to disprove things that happened or trying to like prove that somehow they're better than than whatever they're trying to do but mm-hmm. like just put some positive energy into stuff for once yeah try to make the world better 
or at least your life better. Yeah, well, I want to get into that a little bit. Why do you think there's so many people who really don't like to put a positive spin on things? Why do we have so many pe- negative people lately? And I get it. A lot of those world can really knock you down, but especially lately, we can't always be this upset and sad because it really doesn't get us anywhere. Why do you think so many people suck is basically my questions from that. Um, I think it's really hard for people as a whole to like take responsibility, take accountability for their actions. Um, And maybe not even their actions, but like take, you know, ownership or responsibility over things that have happened to them and stop blaming themselves. And they're always trying to find someone else to blame. So it comes out in, in ways that are like, just very negative. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So anytime I see someone like doing something negative or like even myself, I see myself being like being negative. I just try to check myself and be like, Hey, like, what's going on that's making me do this or what's making you do that? Because there's no reason that we need to go down this path. Like there's enough out there trying to knock us down. We don't need to do it to ourselves or to others. Right. I feel the exact same way. And I, it's just a priority to keep myself in check because I definitely, there are plenty of times where I let my emotions get the best of me. And we have to always remember to keep our check beyond us talking on this podcast, you know, once at, once it's after and two. And I think it's, uh, you know, spending a lot of time alone trying to watch things and understanding how decisions like my grandma Lola all the time talking about decisions but you people make just dumb decisions when you're really pissed off that could lead to catastrophes and I think that's a real way to keep yourself in check and I try to remember and you know sometimes I do remember that prevents me and sometimes I let the emotions get the best of me and maybe I was fortunate enough that it that the worst case scenario didn't happen but that is a solid reminder why if you keep acting or being angry especially that you will hit the worst case scenario and there won't be in next time. So I hope really yeah, anyone can get that with that. Yeah. But I think it's also important to really, really remember that like being negative is okay. Like it's not yeah. a bad thing to be negative. Like being negative is, is a, is a coping skill. It's a, it's a tool for you to help yourself to prepare for, for the worst or prepare for bad things to happen. But you can't live in that negative place. Like you have to right. bring yourself out of it and, and be live in the positives. Yeah, it's just like inside out. We need sadness in our 100%. life and stuff. That's, that's a great message with there. So, of course, we just can't let it overtake us and not think and not think with our head straight. So, yeah, we just have to. Yeah. It's just a, as humble as humble can be. And don't humble brag while you're at. It. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I think a lot of like not necessarily like the media, but like just society as a whole is like really trying to push everyone like just to be positive, like be positive all the time. Like if you're not positive, like go to therapy, go get help, go do this. And like, you have to like take a step back and remember like, it's okay to feel all the feelings. It's okay to feel all the emotions. It's okay to like go through the negative as long as you're able to bring yourself out. And it's only a problem if you're not able to bring yourself out and that's when you should be going to get help. But like not everything on earth requires therapy sometimes it just takes a friend to talk to and work through a a problem one of the best quotes from our generation it'd be like that sometimes and i i really you know it is funny to talk that but it really is true and yeah we we you do need to 
you know, I'm somebody, you know, I love my movies and, and stories and the best stories are the ones that hit all the emotions in your conflict. That's what makes it a good story and so much believable. We can't have it like entourage or everything is good. Then you should call out how corny and stupid the show is. We need something that has all emotions, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I think it's like a lot of the kids shows now, like Sesame Street, they go through like all of the emotions and like really try to teach like emotional intelligence to like little kids. But then you go through like the age groups and it gets to like our generation or like our age group. And mm-hmm. like all the shows are like dating shows and stuff. And it's all like this fantasy, like perfect world. And we're like, we can't live up to that. So like now you're just making us feel like shit. So that's cool. You, that is a great fit. That is great. You mentioned that. I never thought about that in a while. That's so true that especially those older, those like Sesame Street teaching the import, like Sesame Street's been so timeless because it's taught so many generations how to be a human being and understand, you know, once we get older, we have different interests. So they make more shows, like you said, more dating shows, more stuff about trying to be successful, trying to get laid, trying to do all this. But, you know, life is more than that. And I think those those things that really stick out to us is the ones that are the most relatable and you really hit on a great point with that. I, I hear you stronger with it. Yeah. It's rough out there. <laughs> we all need a every, every month. Some, somebody has to go on YouTube and check a Sesame street lesson. Oh my God. I watch. So not even because I'm nannying like at home sometimes, like if I'm like really in a funk or if I'm like cleaning my room, I'll like mm-hmm. put on rubber ducky, just the song and like jam out. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I'll jam out to the Rugrats. Yeah. Thing. I will do that, especially like if I'm in that I mean, once you hear the Rugrats theme, but you just hear childhood. And I started this lately when I go to the gym to get that extra pump. And you, you want to know something that I do? I've never told anyone this. So you're real exclusive. So sometimes when I'm working out, I will legit think of something like that makes me cry and sad. And it will give me that extra push. Of course, the other people in the gym are concerned about my well being like what's wrong with him why, why are you crying at the gym but um i had one person say that i said okay i'm okay bro but it's that like we said it's all again we need though you can't we need that extra thing to give us the little push yeah and like doing it while you work out is probably a good idea because you're probably actually like working through some of those emotions and like making yourself feel better about it because you're you're attaching like positive like when you're working out scientifically speaking you're like putting out those positive endorphins and those all those chemicals so you know thinking about sad things it's probably reinforcing that memory now as a more positive memory so it's definitely helpful it's a form of therapy i mean yeah totally totally worth it you know it's also like don't get too it's really good when you work at you where you're kind of angry you know don't get too angry we want to throw the weights and stuff then you have the lunk alarms hit you but um I heard a great quote once, like sometimes the truth comes out more when you're angry. Just, you know, be careful with your words mm-hmm. at that point. But um, I try to have that little truth there and whether it's working out or or uh, doing some type of work, we need to have all the feels, as you said. Just don't get too into it. And then you're going to, when someone breaks your heart, you're then listening to Drake music all day, soft Drake music, as I call it, which I've definitely mm-hmm. done before. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh man you know speaking of that 
um, we were talking about, you mentioned dating before, you know, me, you and me love to have our check-ins. We love talking about trying to understand dating in this world. You know, I love hearing your perspectives on things. Can you, uh, how, how do you think, um, what do you think for any stand-up gentleman, hopefully doing the right thing in this world, whether it's through an app whether they see an opportunity, um, maybe somebody is a, at a bar in the post-COVID world and you might see maybe she's, maybe she's looking at you with some eyes, a nice invitation to say hello. Eric, I would love, I know a lot of people can use this advice. What do you think is the most appropriate way to gain someone's attention to hopefully maybe start to grow something with them. And we're thinking of the guy and we're talking about the guys who are, you know, at a point in their life, maybe they're ready to have a significant other. Maybe, I mean, of course the best advice is, you know, at least they expect don't look for it, but you know, maybe, maybe there's just, just a chance somebody wants to get to know someone a little more. What do you think is the best approach doing that? in the 2020s for people our age and beyond? Um, don't be creepy. Don't walk up to a girl, or even on Tinder, like don't send like something like overly sexual or like weird mm-hmm. because we don't like that. That's weird. But like, just, you know, go with a normal approach because females are human and males mm-hmm. are human. So, like, say hi and just, like, be yourself. Like, if you – so, say you're at a bar and, like, you see a girl across across the bar or whatever and, like, her hair is done really nice or whatever. So, you walk up to the girl and you say, hi, you noticed your hair from across the bar. I think it's really pretty. What's your name? Oh, my God. Like, it's – you guys make it seem like it's rocket science to try to talk to women. Like (laughs) – Give us a compliment. Say hello. Like it's not that hard. <laughs> like yeah, you know we genuinely just want you to be yourself because if you're being fake at the bar and then you take us home or whatever and then something happens and like we at chlamydia, like that's gonna be a problem. But like if you're yourself at the bar and you're a nice person and then we get to know you and then we give you our number and then we talk and you're still a nice person and you're still being normal and you haven't changed from the when we were at the bar, you have a way better shot. <laughs> no, you're totally hear that and like seriously erica you're probably the big best person who's ever helped me in my dating world and figuring out being yourself and uh i think one thing i especially learned from you you know grow on and experience is like if somebody is genuinely interested in getting to know me or attracted to me as long as i'm being my genuine self and especially as long as you me or anyone else is not creepy about it and who's also patient i think a lot of guys aren't patient enough that at least if you show yourself with that you know it's up to them the balls in their court if they want to get to know you more so of course i used to be somebody who did overcomplicate things figuring out the exact t- okay if she responds to me this and if i wait 6.13 minutes, I have a better chance with that. Or if I say this pickup line or that pickup line and, you know, most of the time it didn't work. And then the few times it did, you know, um, it was whatever, but that was just a luck thing. And I think that's one thing that I've learned is just being myself. And, you know, I like to consider myself a unique person and I figured somebody would like to be would will someday when the time's right be intimate and genuine for that so that's what 
I've learned. And like you said, we overcomplicate things. I think when it comes to like dating, attraction or whatever, no matter what your sexual orientation is, that it all like will come together and that we, we, and like that kind of that attraction, um, that like getting to know those vibes that they happen naturally. Like I don't have to put some extra effort. Like if I'm texting somebody new and I feel like I have to pull strings, that's probably a great sign. It's probably not go where you think it's going to go. You know, I think we just have to let it flow. And the few times it did work and, you know, for whatever reason it didn't work, but I, but, um, I still like anyone I really date a long time. I gain a lot from them or I generally hope for their well being. Those times were just the most natural and I didn't have to go on Tinder, go on Google and figure out what am I doing right or wrong, you know? Yes, I've done yeah, that. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> it's always <laughs> it's always better to be yourself and it's always like it's so important to just like have that natural connection because if if it's forced, it's never going to last. And like yeah. if you're comfortable with each other and there's no pressure, like that's the kind of relationship that everyone like strives to have. So if you're putting pressure on the situation, you're not helping yourself and you're definitely not helping the other person because going into any relationship or like talking to people, like both sides are nervous. You have to remember like the, even though that girl might seem like she has all the confidence in the world, like every time you text her, there's a smile on her face and she's absolutely terrified and worried that she's going to say the wrong thing too. So like Mm -hmm. you're both human. So just say what you feel like if you miss someone or like you haven't talked to someone in like three or four days and it's someone that you're interested in, text them and be like, Hey, I miss talking to you. Like, what have you been up to? And like, you know what, if they don't respond, that's their loss because they're not that interested. And you know what, you're an interesting person. So you have everything to give it. Just don't give it to the wrong person. I'm sorry. I can hear beeping. The baby is dying. No worries. Do you need to get any like batteries or anything like that? Are you good? No, it's fine. It's just going to beep every once in a while farther away. Cool. Cool. Go. Yeah. Like, I no, you're, I amen to all your, what you're saying. And I think that was the best, one of the best things, especially from 2020 that I got out of is learning to really love yourself and be patient. And, um, eventually it'll all come together. I really do believe in whatever is meant to be will happen. And I know a lot of people, especially on social media and we see meme pages complain about dating a lot, but you do see people who are generally in love and you don't really see them complain. So it must be working out for them. And, and I met this couple, like my grandma's friends with back in North Carolina, like they are couple goals. I've never seen someone so, you know, in love and, and happy. It was great vibes to be around. And and that really taught me, wow, if these guys can do it, then we all can do it, no matter who or what we're into, you know? Yeah. And I think it's important to remember, too, like, making sure that, like, your relationship stays yours is really important because, like, whatever happens in your relationship, it shouldn't be broadcast on social media. It shouldn't be broadcast mm-hmm. to the world. Like, yeah, if you need advice, get advice from one or two friends or your parents or whatever. But it doesn't need to go out to the whole world. Like, your relationship is between you, the other person, And if you're religious, God. But other than that, like, you don't need anyone else involved in your personal matters. It's just none of their business. So that's always going to help build a strong relationship, like keeping, keeping shit private, keeping it between you. It also helps build trust in your relationship because if you, you know, are saying things to them that maybe you don't tell other people and now they're broadcasting that, like, obviously you're not going to trust them. So super important. That's why 
it's always good between them, you know, the two people who are with each other. And that's why I try my best not to judge relationships because they know better than me. Um, you know, when I'm with, with whoever we're around at the time, it's, it's, um, like a, you really can't judge. It's up to them to, to figure it out. And, you know, as long as it's there and two people care enough to try to keep the relationship going, it will happen and it's worth fighting for. Yeah. And it takes that consistent effort. Like even if you've been married for like 40 years, you still have to put effort in because you know, both your lives are consistently changing. So there's never going to be like a let up on, on the amount of effort you need to put in the effort just changes. Yeah. I think effort is probably the one of the best things uh, dating has that people need to focus on is having effort, you know, do what you can to have a surprise for your significant other, get her flowers one day after a long day at work or, you know, take, take her to her favorite spot or stuff like that. Yeah. Figure out like what your partner's love language is. Like for me personally, like I love words of affirmation. So like if I'm dating someone and they're text, like, I don't care if you text me 24 seven, because I don't care about communication that much. But like, mm-hmm. if you're texting, if you're thinking about me and you send me a text that says, Hey, I was thinking about you. Like, how's your day? That means more to me than if you talk to me all day about nothing. Like, so figure out like what your partner needs or wants, or like if they love receiving gifts, like make sure you're surprising them with something that's, you know, not material, but is thoughtful because that's going to mean, you know, walking down the street and picking a dandelion, like as stupid as it sounds, kids, kids do it all the time for their parents because they genuinely like believe that that their parents love that. And like when they do that and they, they pick a flower, they're, they're thinking about you. So like, it means so much more than like a guy that, you know, thinks you need flowers every day and goes to the store and buys you a bouquet like great you spent five dollars on flowers like cool were you actually thinking about me or did you just feel guilty because you've been at work all day and ignoring me Mm -hmm. yeah you know don't be afraid to be your that's a strong part of that being yourself don't think it's corny don't think it's what that extra effort is gonna make so many strides and will keep building that love and bond that will be hard to just let go and break so Man, again, just killing it with the from the HR to this too. Seriously, Erica, we're going to be winning. Somebody, whoever it is for us, we're going to be a real catch to somebody. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> been been going on dates with someone, so hopefully that works out. All right. Well, you definitely have my strong support, and I'm sure all the other listeners. So. Whoever's listening out there, Erica Larson is the best. Don't mess it up, whoever um, you're seeing. So, Thank you. <laughs> I think he needs to hear that. <laughs> well, be sure. I'm sending the spirits to make sure he finds his way here for that. All right. All right. Perfect. So, Erica, tell me. I want to know something, right? What do you miss about our old school, University of Hartford College? Our undergrad finished three years ago. We spent quite a time. You miss it a lot, or though? I mean, not feeling, or I'm assuming you're not feeling well, to go to parties like that anymore, or, or whatever. But you know, just a nice I mean, college experience. Right, right about now, like mid COVID, when we can't go out or do anything, like yeah, it'd, it'd be fun to go to a college party. But, um, <laughs> okay, stand yeah, corrected no, on not, that. I hear that. Not, not really. Like, you know, if there was no COVID going on, I think I'd be okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like 
honestly, like I, I miss going to classes because I, I miss learning things. So like I, mm-hmm. I love school. Like I've always loved school. I'm super nerd, but I do miss going to classes and like learning things and like having assignments to do and like stuff like that. So maybe I'll take some online classes, do something to just, you know, keep going with that. Mm-hmm. But really like the only thing I miss and it's, it's not so much that I miss it, but like just regret, like all four years I was in college, I was like in a relationship or like in an on and on, on again, off again type situation. So like, I kind of just wish that I had gone, you know, through college and like been single and like Mm -hmm. had fun and just done my thing. But, you know, I don't, I don't regret it. You know, I definitely wish it like maybe it was different, but I don't regret it because I definitely learned a lot of things from both of those people. So and I love both of them to death. I mean, they're both great people. Yep. Nothing bad to say, but it's just like a weird situation where like you look back and you're like, what, what if, like, what if I was single? Like, what would I have done? Would I have messed up my life? Like, would I have a kid? Like, who knows? <laughs> who knows what, what would have happened? <laughs> it's funny you say that. Cause I sometimes think about that, like the total opposite. Like I didn't have any, I was, as uh, I was as uh, dry as a man, as uh, someone could be um, with college. I didn't really have that part of my college experience, really. And of course, I thought like, oh, what if I, what if I was like that? Somehow, I somehow was in a fraternity all four years. I was a president of one, and still uh, didn't work out for me. But I'm much happier with that because I don't think I'd have the growth and more prepared for the real world when it comes to relationships like that. And I still have so much work a long ways to go and so much to learn. But I think that really was a blessing. I really got focused. I got a lot of great internships in return from it. I got some cool jobs and uh, grew so much more as a person and as a leader. And who knows if I was, you know, if I had that, if I had that aspect of getting laid and stuff, would that have hindered anything or changed? Maybe it would, maybe it wouldn't, but for whatever reason, it wasn't meant to be, but much better for the real world because of it. And, uh, um, I'm growing in that sense, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. I don't know. I do miss giving tours. I don't know. Like I just <laughs> genuinely miss like walking around and talking about like the different buildings at school. Oh, you heart tours, man. Yeah, that's how that's how we originally met was being tour guides at U Heart, the Red Key Society. Oh, I love I did like especially I liked it towards the end. Like our junior senior, it was so much fun. Like when Chrissy so took fun. over. When Chrissy took over, it especially. Was so fun. Were you there? I forgot her name. Her name was Jen, who was the boss before. I think she said Yeah, I was there for I think You were there I for think I was there for a some doing tours for like one semester when Jen was there, but then Chrissy took over and I was like, yes. Chrissy to this, Chrissy to this day is one of my favorite bosses ever. She was genuine. She was, she just got married. I saw that. I, um, I still owe her congratulations. I admit. I admit. (laughs) Yeah, no, like tours and accepted students days were just so much fun. Like, laying in the hallway, <laughs> stage, like just chilling with you guys. It was so much fun. Yeah. I remember Except like for the ones that was the day after Halloween was always the worst one though. Cause everyone came in hungover. It was terrible. No one, <laughs> no one liked that one. Why did they have an accepted? Say that? I re- yeah. I remember that. Oh, the, why I did, I guess I really wanted to show you. This is what you're, you, what you're in for. <laughs> yeah. We had to be there at 7am. We were like, what? Yeah, like some of us did. went to bed at five. Like, can you relax? Those Sunday, they were. I loved. You know, I love the raps. I love 
our lunch times. <laughs> they had some good things so when, when they didn't have the U Heart food and they went all out for that. Oh, can you tell me your um, if it's not too bad, your uh, most awkward tours story? Like for me, I could start with mine. I first I went in on a Saturday morning tour and my tour witnessed a walk of shame. Like literally, the see you later. <laughs> go oh that was that was pretty bad um it wasn't my tour but do you remember i think it was or there was natalie she uh went in when there was a naked girl walking to walking to, on mm-hmm. um, to commons i mean whoa yeah i don't know yeah what i remember that and i don't um i think the worst tour i ever had was i i was i think it was the only tour guide mm-hmm or maybe it was me and you. I think it was me and you, but you made me go out because you didn't want to take the tour. <laughs> so it was Spring Sling Saturday. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it was. you made you made me go out I'm and sorry, give the yeah. tour because you literally <laughs> when you showed up with like a like a travel mug and I was like, oh, like you brought coffee, like good for you, man. He's like, it, you were like, it's beer. I was like, oh. Oh. Dude. So I'm gonna, I was like, I'm going to take the tour. Hey, it was, it was a different time for everybody. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think that was the worst tour just because there was like nine ambulances lined up by like the sports center. And the mom was like, why are there so many ambulances? And I was like, oh, like it's spring fling, like just in case. And she was like, you're not going here. And I was like, okay, tour wow. over. <laughs> you are not going home. No. <laughs> the kids. She's like, there is way too. She was like, there is way too much partying. She's like, you are going to a Catholic university. And I was like, <laughs> it was like one family too, and the kid was like fifteen, and I was like, it's like three years to decide. But I'm like, I'm what? Oh, it I was awkward. Or helicopter parents. That kid's probably a humongous party animal. It wherever was so he's Oh, man. Yeah, it was so weird. No, and then I had another tour, and I had, like, I want to say it was, like, maybe eight eight or nine families on the tour. Like, it was a pretty big tour. And, like, everyone, like, had their mommy and their dad with them. Like, I want to say it was, like, a Saturday morning or, like, a Friday afternoon tour. Mm. And um, one of the moms, like, we got to the dorms, and she was, like, oh, like, so how does the, like, how do the dorms work? And I was, like, you know, like, it goes by floor, like, female, male, female, male, whatever. And she was, like, oh, like, so my daughter has a boyfriend. Like, is he going to be allowed to sleep like in her dorm? I was like, well, if he comes, if he comes to visit, like that's allowed as long as like her roommate agrees to it. And she's like, Oh, so like you guys endorse four legged showers. And I was like, no, we don't endorse that. Like, endorse, it just happens. <laughs> it's not a thing. <laughs> I was like, it's just, it's just like, that occurs. Like this is college. Welcome to it. But um, yeah, it was really awkward. So <laughs> wow, I, that's a tough one. You know, I really, um, I really, I really can't come to my head where I had some like really awkward interaction. Except I had one bad joke fall flat in my face. Um, I would tell this joke depending on the crowd. When we would go to the freshman dorms, I would say like, "Oh, this is where people become a man or woman for the first time. This is where kids, you know, start to make lifelong friends." And then I would joke like sometimes, "Oh, this is where kids lose their virginities," and it would work like nine out of ten times. And of course, I would ra- read the crowd. I'd do it more of like a, uh, I do it like, you know, if I'm, uh, if, if I feel like they have a good sense of humor for it. And then one time they just yeah. didn't, and they just, I've never had like more awkward bomb. Just like when it, it was just so it, many crickets. 
so many crickets. And I said, okay, moving on. So um, that was just the worst one. And then uh, I was right behind the Naked Tour. I mean, that would have been something else. And uh, yeah, besides that and seeing the Walk of Shame, that was a, I really, I really uh, got my time. And it was cool seeing some kids that we, uh, that we were on, they were on our tours and seeing them on campus was pretty sweet to watch. Remember this kid, David, I was like pretty cool with him. I had a few times where like, I gave, I gave like a tour and then afterwards, like I went home and like two hours later, I had like a friend request on Facebook and I was like, (laughs) that's weird. They value. Cool. I think I've had that See a couple times. Where I, I think that's happened to me a couple times too. It happens. I always accepted them. Like if they had questions, I would answer them. But like it was just like awkward. Like why are you requesting me on Facebook? You don't know me. <laughs> you know, one thing I did was uh, I did that uh, that like stay at U Heart for a night on campus like before. And I was this kid, Adam, yeah. and we both graduated, saw each other. I know he I saw him. He bought a Porsche. Oh, he, he's winning out here. And um, right. I remember uh, we went and uh, the band nine. You ever you know the band nine days by any chance? They, this is a story of a girl. Real one hit wonders. Yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of yeah, sad. Yeah, yeah. I think they used to play MTV and everything. Now they're playing at Hawk's Nest. But maybe they have a comeback in them. Oh. But I remember well, one of. <laughs> I remember the, the thing was I was one of the first times I was really exposed to weed for the first time because my counselor said he did it and he showed. But um, I wound up saying no. But then, uh, you know, more college that that part of life started. But uh, um, I remember that was a uh, it interesting time. It's like wow, this is what we're really in for. Yeah, interesting. I don't think I, I never did like an overnight or anything. I like had friends that went there because, you know, we're from Connecticut. It's a small yeah, state. So right. I just uh, knew people. I tried to get that job so bad and then gave it to Benny, but he was good for it. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I think Benny was like the best option because he knew he wasn't like going to do anything irresponsible mm-hmm. like while he was there, but. He's still fun and very Definitely. personal. I love Benny. For sure. Oh, I hope he's doing well. Great, great guy. Do you miss any of the um I also just I missed going to uh like uh I can't believe Blue Act Square was cool. Feeling badass with that. Before I had my car, I could just hop on that bus with people and feeling so energetic. Of course, the famous Jays. What was that place? Isaacs? I wasn't too crazy about Isaacs. I know everyone in school seemed to, but I was just like, it's okay. I was like, it was okay. Just bagels, you know? Mm-hmm. Wasn't great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I nanny in West Hartford, so I'm like two minutes away from Blueback right now. Oh, no way. We go up there with the kids. <laughs> yeah, I go up there with the kids all the time. We go to the um the toy chest. Oh, it's a right. really fun little toy store. But oh. yeah, we don't I don't know. I like grew up so close. Like you I know you're from Norwalk, right? Yep. So I'm about an hour. So you're, you're like an hour. Yeah, so but from Southington it's like twenty minutes to West Hartford. So like I kinda grew up here. Mm. So not yeah. as exciting. The only times we'd go to Hartford before going to school was um what was that? I drive past it a lot, but uh sometimes a couple concerts here and there was cool and 
Yeah. Well, I never got to go to a concert. I never went to that arena at once at college. So. Where's the Xfinity? Yeah. It's still there, right? Nah. Nah. Yeah. I never went during, I don't think I ever went during college. Oh, maybe once or twice, but like mm-hmm. more so in high school. I have 10% battery left on my phone, just so you know. Okay, perfect. Well, no worries, because we've been actually at it for a good hour, 15 minutes. So I just wanted yeah. to to finish this with my, with the, uh, what I call Proust Questionnaire, how I end all new podcasts now. So it's just a quick rapid mm-hmm. fire. And um, I'm really excited for your sp- answers to these questions, especially. So here we go with that. So the Proust Questionnaire. So I end every show and he, I just said, okay, so ready, Erica. So excited with how you answer this. My first question, what is your favorite word? Um, I know. That's a great question. I have no idea. You have no idea. I think, okay. So my, my favorite word right now is disgusting. Disgusting. But it's because the two-year-old that I'm ready for everything Everything. Every time I say no, he goes, oh, disgusting. And I think it's so funny. I'm going to try that in my so definitely disgusting. <laughs> my, what's your least favorite word? My least favorite word is poop. Poop. Because it comes up in every sentence when you're potty training a two-year-old. Every sentence. I hate that word, too. I hate people who have poop humor and toilet humor. Just, I just, no. Uh, yeah, third. no, also moist, like words like that, like moist, moist poop. Anything, anything of, in that category. Oh, so when I asked this yeah, question, no. number three, this isn't a sexual question, but people assume I asked that, but it's what turns you on? Um, hmm. If a guy smells good, usually that that's helpful because I don't like dirty people. So, like, again, this is just have to do with dating or anything like that. In general, what you just like fragrance and stuff like that. I just I like when people don't smell bad. Like, I like I like good smelling deodorants. I like yep. when guys smell good. I like when your dog smells fresh. <laughs> Not that dogs turn me on, but like yeah, I just like like good smells. I don't because I'm I'm very like sensitive to smells they make me like super nauseous or like just terrible like headaches and stuff so like anytime something smells good i'm like very happy very content i love that what turns you off one thing smell bad (laughs) great one what sound or noise do you love do i love um i love the sound of bacon frying i don't really know why that's it's just like a one. good, like the sling. This is a good mm. sound. Making me hungry already. What's what sound or noise do you hate? <laughs> I hate the sound of people chewing. I actually like am like genetically phobic to it. Oh. Like it came up in my twenty three me report. It's like a thing. <laughs> really? I, I, I think that would yeah. come for me too. All right. What's your favorite curse word? My favorite curse word. Yep. Cunt. <laughs> People hate that word, but it's like, I love it. I think it's funny. <laughs> what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I would love to be a vet. I would love it. I would love everything about it. I just can't afford to go to vet school. Well, I know you would definitely kill it. Plan. 
if you ever want if you ever change it, you still have my support. Uh, what profession would you not like to do? Ooh, school teacher. School teacher. I could do daycare. I like little kids. I could never deal with school age children. <laughs> I mean, other than the one I nanny for, I love her to death. She's great. And but I've been, I've also nannied for her since she was one and a half. So. All right. Well, I think you would be like a good teacher, kids. but you know better than me what you want to do. My last question before we no, say goodbye. <laughs> All right, Erica, the last question I have before we say goodbye. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates? Um, probably something along the lines of like, like, you've really helped people or like you've made an impact or just like knowing that like I did something that wasn't like selfish. Not that I'm like a selfish person, but just like something that I know, like I, I impacted other people. Cause that's like always what I try to do positively, not like negatively impact. I love it. Beautiful answer. Well, Erica, you are absolutely incredible. You did awesome. You look great so much great advice here and great stories and thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me with this i think a lot of people are going to love it and i certainly love talking with you this so if there's anything else just thank you so much for coming on erica you're the best as always is there anything else you want to say before we uh say goodbye i don't think so just don't be a stranger text me don't just text me when you need me to be on your podcast. <laughs> you know, I promise I'll do that as always. But Erica, again, like I said, you're the best. Seriously, just thank you so much. And I will continue to keep that promise. I promise you to not be a stranger. So, all right, with that, I'll let you go back to the kids as you help develop them to be great adults. And uh, I'll talk to you really, really soon. Sounds good. Thanks so much. Thank you, Erica. I'll talk to you later. Bye, Matt. Bye. How about that, guys? Erica is so wholesome, so sweet, so talented, and was nothing but a pleasure to talk to. Seriously. I'm a huge, huge fan of her, and I'm sure a lot of you are after this talk. She is the person to go to when you need some advice in this world. She will be honest, and she will be cool about it, and that's why that's why she has a lot of my respect. So thank you so much, Erica, for coming on the show today and lightening things up. And with that, we will wrap up a few things, and we will wrap up the week. Just wanted to point out, that one, check out me and Ryan Page on the Tweet Cap every Friday. That is on all podcasting platforms and soon to be on YouTube as well. That's me and Ryan's podcast where we go over the trending topics of the week on Twitter. And what's especially important about this Friday's episode is we have a toxicologist coming on named Melissa Wilkerson, who is a PhD student at Rutgers University. And she... Is, has an expertise on knowing about the upcoming COVID vaccine. So we will talk about the importance of the vaccine, what it will do to actually end the pandemic, we'll debunk some myths, and most importantly, we will inform you again on what this, is, this vaccine is all about and how it will be the thing that will get us out of this pandemic. So seriously, you don't want to miss that. And again... Check out the tweet cap every Friday. Again, 
Check us out again here on Monday where we have the very talented Dan Berger coming on the show. And what's important about that is that for the first time in the Productive Conversations podcast, I have a musician coming in to perform original music. So Dan performed two original songs for us on the guitar, and it really, really was incredible. Seriously, Dan Berger is one talented person, and we talked about him traveling around the world, we talked about food, and of course we talked about music. So having Dan Berger this Monday is going to be so freaking cool. So be sure to look at that on Monday. And, you know, let's just go. Let's go, Giants. We're playing the Seahawks this weekend. And we're number one in first place. So let's keep it that way. And as we go in the final stretch of the NFL season. So let's go, G-Men. So and besides that, I appreciate you all. I love you all. You are the greatest listeners and fans in the world. And again, I will see you back here on Monday. Thanks again to Erica Larson for an incredible appearance. And with that, I will see you all soon. This Monday, Dan Berger comes in to perform music. And then we have some more fun in store after that. See you all later. I love you and enjoy the weekend. Peace. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.